Hello, people of the world, and welcome to today's episode of the Unity Project podcast. For those of you who are tuning in for the first time, the Unity Project podcast is one about the relationships that we have with our bodies. Today, I got to interview an incredibly kind new friend of mine named Sarai. Sarai was so generous in sharing his story and his experience of what it's like to be trans, what it's like to feel represented or to not feel represented, just his journey and process of looking into gender and figuring out what fits with him and what doesn't fit with him and just what that whole experience looks like. This was such an important conversation for me to have, for me to be able to share and for all of us to just learn how to be better allies for the trans community. And also if there's anyone out there who is experiencing something similar, then I hope this interview is helpful for you in some kind of way, even if it's just helping you feel less alone, which I guess is the goal of most of these interviews. So I hope that you guys enjoy. If you guys are enjoying the Unity Project podcast and you want to support and get more involved, then I would be so, so honored and just thankful if you went over to my Patreon page for the Unity Project where you can give as little as $1 a month and become a big part of why I get to actually make this podcast and to help me continue to make this podcast and continue having these really cool interviews about topics that I really think are going to change the world if we talk about more. Or you can go pick up a copy of my book, Finding Home. You can do that at my website, JackieGronland.com. Or if you can't afford to support me financially, that is absolutely okay. Leaving a review of this podcast on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever it is you listen to podcasts, that helps so, so much more than I think we give credit to. So any of those things are wonderful. I appreciate you. I love you. Thank you for listening. Enjoy. going over there it's going good it's going good i'm enjoying the weather today uh here in uh, minnesota where normally it's pretty cold but i'm having a good day oh that's awesome i was gonna ask where you were minnesota is probably beautiful right now huh yes surprisingly i mean i'm I'm i wouldn't be surprised if we get one more uh snowstorm but today it's good so that's all i can i can't complain There you go. I've been to Minnesota one time, I think, and it was obviously freezing. And then one day it started snowing and people from there were like, oh, that means it's warming up. And I'm like, what do you, it means it's warming up. <laughs> it's like, what is that supposed to mean? You can kind of tell with like the kind of snow that falls, then you know, like, oh, is this going to be like a last one or is this just the beginning? So yeah, you can definitely tell. Oh my gosh. Well, did you grow up in, in Minnesota? Yes, born and raised. Um, for a short bit, me and my fiance thought about moving to Colorado, but then we got engaged, so and all of our family is here, so we're like, yeah, we'll, we'll just hang out for a bit um, and then maybe look at uh, relocating somewhere in the future, so yeah. I got you. That's awesome. I grew up in Colorado, and it's incredible, so if you do end up out there, highly recommend. Oh, we love it. We've been there, I think, two times. And we're going there in a couple weeks, too. So we love it out there. 
Nice, nice. Well, Sarai, to start off the interview, I will ask you what I ask all the people. Um, and it's just to describe the relationship that you have with your body and then to talk about a time when you felt the most disconnected from your body. Yeah, which, okay, so, <laughs> I'll, okay, I'll start with the first part of the question. So right now, I I definitely love my body in a lot more than I have in the past. Um, a lot of this past year has been spent just reflecting on how far I've come and how much progress I've made. Like, literally, I, it's so hard to explain, but me and uh, my fiance, we're always, like, talking about it because it's just... I was in such such a bad place and I and I hate to be negative I try not to share as much of the the sad parts but honestly without that I, I probably wouldn't wouldn't be here and um, it took a while it definitely took a while and every day is like a another uh, I guess not a struggle but it's I take it day by day because dysphoria is definitely you know always knocking on the door um, but when it's days like today, I, I love myself and I'm happy, happy to be in my own skin. Mm, that, that's awesome. Really wonderful to hear and absolutely agree when it comes to talking about the sad parts. It's hard, but it's so necessary to go through those, those little messy bits. Um, when was the time you feel like you were the most disconnected from your body? I would probably say, um, uh, about two years ago, uh, around this time, I guess, uh, early in the year, I I was super depressed and I couldn't figure out why. I mean, I know there's a history of like mental uh, health stuff that we deal with in my family and I wasn't surprised, I guess, that I was dealing with it, but it was just, it felt so weird because everything in my life was going great. Like I, my, I was doing great at my job. My relationship was going good. Um, I, I was just happy to be alive. It, I felt like, like everything was lining up um, to make sense or make it seem like, you know, I should be happy right now. Uh, and I had to, I struggled a bit. I, I went on Reddit. That's probably, Reddit helped me a lot. I uh, went on, like there's a FTM or uh, subreddit that I, I joined and I just kind of asked a bunch of questions. I was like, how did you guys know that you weren't in the, felt like you weren't connected to your body? Like, and it wasn't just, oh, you know, I don't like the way this looks or this looks. It's just like, it doesn't make sense. It doesn't feel like me. Um, and that kind of led me to discovering that, you know what, this is, I can't keep living my life like this. And I should be, I deserve to feel happy in, in my own body. So I, I pushed and it felt like I was, uh, I was walking into, you know, a dark tunnel and I, I have to just kind of trust myself and know that, you know, it's going to be okay. And like, I can't see anything. I don't know a lot of people who have done the same thing, or at least uh, that have shared kind of their personal experience with kind of discovering that about themselves. So it was, it was pretty scary. Not going to lie. I was, I was very nervous. My fiance was very nervous, but she's been supportive from the beginning. Um, and I really think that helped a lot because in all of my, all the time we've been together, she has just loved the crap out of me I guess I don't know how else to describe it and that really helped uh with with 
being able to become more comfortable in uh, in my body. But yeah. Okay, I got you. That that's that's so great that you have such an incredible support system in your in your fiance. How long have you guys been together? Uh, we have been together for three years and uh, three months. Three years and three months. <laughs> okay. I got you. That that is awesome. Um, going back to two years ago, what do you think it was that was making you feel so uncomfortable in your own skin? Like, kind of the roots of all that. I would say, I would look at myself, and I guess I wouldn't. I would the reflection I would see didn't look like me. It didn't feel like me inside. I felt like I was a completely different person than what my body showed. Um, when it comes mm-hmm. to gender, I just. I felt like I was settling for just being okay. I was like, okay, you know what? I'm not going to go and try and do all this scary stuff and go down a path. I have no idea what's going to happen. So I was just kind of okay with being miserable in my body. And it was was horrible to think, like, when I think back on it, I'm just like, geez, you know, that... That's really sad, and I'm, I'm sure I'm not the only one who's felt like that, um, but it was just, I knew if I kept going um, with just being, telling myself that I'm okay, uh, even though I couldn't, I didn't feel connected to my body, uh, I knew I, I probably wouldn't last very long, I couldn't live the rest of my life like that. Mm. Yeah, I can imagine that would feel so terrifying, and just like, isolating almost. Very, very isolating. Um, I was kind of disconnected from my family for a bit, um, just because when I I came out the first time, you know, being attracted uh, to women, they they weren't exactly the the happiest about that. Um, Part of my family is a bit religious, and they kind of use that as an excuse um, to kind of, I guess, shame put shame on people uh if they live a different lifestyle and yeah it was just it was kind of hard I felt like what do I what am I supposed to do you know I mean I no one talks about like what it means to be trans at least in my household when I was growing up so I had no idea what this meant I always knew from the beginning though since I can remember back in elementary school that's something something was different. I couldn't put a name to it. I didn't have the language to describe it, but I just, I knew something was different. Yeah. Wow. I'm like, oh man. So, so I identify as bisexual, might just be gay. We don't know. That's a conversation for another time. (laughs) Women are the best. So I totally agree with you on that. Um, but I guess like, girl, like, what am I trying to say here? <laughs> like growing up, I, I knew something was different because I'm like, everyone really, really likes boys, but I like girls and that's not what everyone's doing. But I didn't have a name for it. I didn't have language for it. My family was super religious. And I could just imagine that feeling. I, I, I don't even know thinking that your gender doesn't align with, with your, who you are. That must feel so terrifying as a kid. Do you remember like your first experience realizing that something was different like what happened or what you thought or if you even knew what language to use yeah I would say it was around the time that I started high school Uh, Mm. I'm not sure exactly what kind of started these the thoughts of you know maybe this is there's something something else going on maybe I'm not just just a regular depressed I guess um 
I started kind of experimenting with more masculine clothes, I guess. Started, I bought like my first pair of boxers uh, at Target. And I was super scared because my parents, I didn't want them to know at all. Um, but I would wear them and it was so affirming. I mean, I didn't know that at mm -hmm. the time, but it made me feel so good. Just like a little, a little thing, like $10 eight pack of Hanes boxers and I was just over the moon excited about it and that's when I just it kind of kept going from there like I started trying to find um, jeans and in the boys section uh, and I didn't have no clue what I was doing because the sizes are so different so I was like well maybe this will work and of course it, it didn't look super great but I again it made me happy and that I just kind of kept going and kept going and kind of experimenting with like okay maybe I'll try this maybe this will make me feel good uh, and then I think my junior year of high school I got I went to a barber shop for the first time and um, got like a, a, a lineup I guess and I, I that was probably one of the happiest times I can remember um, growing up is just getting my hair cut for the first time I just felt like I would look in the mirror or see my reflection I'm like oh my gosh like that's that's me that's me right there um, and ever since then it's just like I keep I get scared because there's I don't want to be alone and I know there's some people who unfortunately they they aren't able to kind of see me as a person and they just kind of see um, the label so I was very nervous to keep exploring um, my gender but but it, it all turned out okay, and I just, you know, I said, I, my feelings and, and you know, my being is, is more important than what other people think about me, uh, and being able to be happy in, in who I am and in the body that I have, it's, I deserve that, and I think everybody deserves that, and it was, it took a bit for me to actually, you know, follow through with that, but, but I did, and, and it, it has turned out amazing. Wow. That's so cool that you cared so much for yourself to be able to do that. I think that that's so incredible. Even just the, even just going to Target and buying boxers. I think that's so special. And I can just imagine you feeling like you're almost stepping into yourself in a sense. Yeah, yeah. It was, it's very, it was very interesting. I mean, I don't. I don't even know how, because like there, I didn't know anyone else who was like more uh, dressed more masculine, but still identified as um, a woman. And I started seeing more and more, I guess, in the, the black community, there's studs. And so I just assumed that's probably the category that I would fit in. But then whenever someone would ask me about like, oh, what's your sexuality? I'd be like, uh, I mean, I wouldn't consider myself anything. I'm just attracted to, to women. Um, I did not like to use the word uh, lesbian to describe myself because I was like, well, that doesn't, it doesn't make sense. It doesn't feel right to me. Uh, mm -hmm. I just would tell people, you know, I'm just gay. I just, I just like girls, you know, there's, that's, that's pretty much it. No other label needed. I just kind of like, like women. Um, but it just just kept going I just kept pushing through and, and taking it day by day and I was like yeah this I can I can be happy and I and I deserve to be happy so yeah mm -hmm. 
That's cool. Did you have the language in high school to know, I guess, like what it means to be trans? Like, did you, you said you didn't know anyone personally who was. I think it was, yeah, kind of towards the end of my junior year of high school where um, I, I don't even know how I decided to like look this up, but um, somewhere I found out about, you know, what it means to be trans or just trans people in general. Uh, and I looked it up on YouTube, started watching people's like transition timeline videos and like how much happier they were and uh, just describing what it feels like to, to look down at yourself and say this, this doesn't feel like my body. Um, and it's not just like, a, a, you know, just an aesthetic or something. It's really does not feel like my body. Um, and I just was started relating to it so much. And I even came out semi semi came out as trans uh, in my senior year of high school to a few of my closest friends. And I was like, yeah, once I graduate, you know, I'm gonna start testosterone. I'm gonna change mm -hmm. my name. I'm gonna do all this stuff once I graduate and I'm out of the out of my parents' house. Uh, didn't end up doing that. I went back in the closet, um, but at least by then I knew that, I guess, what the language was uh, to describe some of the feelings that I was, was feeling. Yeah, oh my goodness. I, I bet that must have been like, even, even if it was just that, like just having language and just knowing something existed that made you feel seen must have been so freeing. Cause I remember when I learned what gay meant or what bisexual meant when I was like, wait, you can like girls and guys. Oh my gosh. I understand myself now. Why hasn't anyone taught, taught me this? What, where's, where's they've been hiding this information? Like what? Yeah. Oh, wow. I just like, I don't even know. I'm just so in awe of, of your journey being able to discover who you really are. And man, like what, what kind of fears did you have going into that? <laughs> Where do I start? <laughs> I, I bet, man, I bet. <laughs> I mean, I think my biggest fear was just, uh, not being accepted by the people that I cared about most. Um, I knew I'd always have, my fiance would always have my back, uh, but I guess it was just everyone else, even strangers, like not being accepted by the general population. When I would go out in public, I was just scared that I would get even more judged than I already had um, being seen as, you know, a uh, uh, lesbian, I guess, relationship. And I didn't want that. I, I didn't want to feel like an outsider more than I already was. Uh, so that was probably my biggest fear. And then other than that, I was, I read some stories that people's sometimes going on testosterone uh, has made some people discover more about their sexual um, identity. And I was nervous that I would somehow stop being attracted to my fiance and I would start being more attracted to men. Uh, so that was a, a bit of a concern for both of us because 
yeah, I mean, I've always been madly in love with her. And so I just like, okay, I really don't want this to happen. Like, really, really, really don't. And plus, yeah, she's like, you know, my best friend. And who wants to give up their best friend? Um, yeah, for something like that. So that was that was pretty scary. Uh, but once once I got past kind of, you know, who cares what anybody else thinks? And, you know, knowing that my love for her will not change. And even if I do discover something else about myself, you know, that's okay. Uh, and we'll just kind of take it day by day and see what happens. But yeah, we just, I just kind of went for it. Mm. Okay. I've, I've never heard of, of that before, of when you take testosterone, your sexuality could shift, you're saying? Yeah, I mean, it's, and Reddit, that's where I first started hearing about it, and then we both kind of um, looked, looked it up on the internet, and yeah, a lot of people were saying that their experience, at least, was because they became more comfortable in their body, um, mm. it allowed them to start thinking about other things, uh, like their sexual, uh, their sexuality. Um, so that's why I was a bit nervous about, you know, having to go through that as well. But mm. okay, that makes sense. Talking about it in that kind of way, like uh, just if your mind. I mean, speaking from from my experience, like I had a an eating disorder or I have an eating disorder for the past like 10 or so years and feeling like you don't, I know that's like completely different, but I had this feeling of like, I don't belong inside my body. I am not welcome inside my body. Like my body is not a part of me. Just that separation that like consumed my mind so much that I didn't have the space to think about anything else until I came to terms with what treatment for that looked like for me until I could feel at home inside my own skin. Then it was like, okay, let's look at my sexuality now, which is kind of interesting because it kind of went in that order for me too. Yeah, exactly. So I think that's, which I mean, I think it's great, you know, being able to, once you get past like one, um, not obstacle, but one uh, part of your life and then start to really kind of be okay and love your, your love yourself more, it allows you to feel other things that you may not have been able to do before because you weren't, yeah, like you said, weren't, didn't feel connected at all to yourself, so. Wow, so you told me earlier that you had uh, surgery about a year ago? Yeah, yeah, it'll be a year in August. So I guess what like six, seven months now. Yeah, seven months. Okay, what is what has that journey been like? It's well, I've never. I guess I'll start. I never had a, like a major surgery like that. The only other time that I've been under anesthesia uh, was to get my wisdom teeth out. So I was very nervous. And I also, like, when I first started my transition and started uh, testosterone, I didn't think that I would want top surgery. Um, I just thought, you know, oh, you know, it's not that big of a deal because I, I didn't have a huge chest or anything. And I was like, oh, I'll be fine. And then I kind of checked myself and I said, you know what? No, like, it's you don't have to just be fine. Um, so then I started looking into it more and then decided that, yeah, I do want top surgery. Um, and so leading up to it, I was mostly just excited. Like, I guess it wasn't until like a couple days before um, it was my surgery date where I was like, 
getting pretty nervous because um, I was like, oh my gosh, you know, I'm going to be, I started watching videos of like live surgery uh, of oh. people getting top surgery. Yeah, like That's what you crazy. shouldn't do. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is, I, I'm pretty scared. They are going to like, I won't have any control over what they're doing uh, to my body. So it was nerve wracking, but afterwards um when i woke up i didn't even remember like going to sleep so it was yeah. <laughs> i was a bit drugged up on the the all the stuff that they gave me to kind of help with the pain um so i didn't remember much of like the first 48 hours but after that um it got better some of the recovery stuff it was a little hard because you have to have uh, these drains put in afterwards that kind of help with like getting yeah li extra liquid and whatever else is building up in there out uh, and those were super uncomfortable like no one I even though I did a ton, a ton of research ahead of time no one really explained like how uncomfortable that that might be and I think that was probably the worst part like the actual part of where the incisions are it wasn't super painful it was sore but it was mostly just these tubes that were inside my chest and it was yeah I I was pretty crabby by the time I finally was able to get them out uh, and I, my my fiance got kind of tired of my attitude and all of that <laughs> my mood from that so yeah oh well very very much makes sense I can imagine being pretty upset with tubes inside who knows where Oh my gosh. Wow. Well, that, that's got to feel so cool. I just, I was looking through your Instagram and pictures of like your progress and man, I can't even imagine what it feels like to go from feeling so disconnected to your gender to all of a sudden getting like to just breathe for a minute and be who you are. It's, I, I can't even kind of understand it myself because like, literally two years ago today I I don't know if I, I I didn't really think I would be here um or living a life like this where I'm actually happy to happy to be here and happy to experience things that uh come along in life and so yeah it's it's definitely liberating um to say the least and every day I can go look at myself in the mirror even on my bad days I go in there and I'm, I'm like you know what I I'm happy with my body and it's taken a long I guess my whole life to to be able to say that so yes definitely very very liberating yeah so cool talk to me about uh like you mentioned before that you had a lot of depression before this process did what did that look like kind of through it like did you do anything to help as far as like therapy or talk about it with a support system or what did that look like mental health wise for you throughout of throughout it yeah so I've been um I've been going to therapy like on and off at least prior to coming out um for a bit so I was used to it just because I I think what was it my sophomore year of high school I got diagnosed with um ADHD and depression uh, and then I my parents or my mom decided to we decided to uh, take medication for it or put me on like a medication and it it kind of helped but at the same time it didn't really because I guess obviously now I know uh, there was something else going on but it mm -hmm. I guess 
I didn't realize that it was bad during the time. Um, I just thought, you know, it's a normal amount of being sad. Uh, so I, I had no clue that it was as bad as it was. Like there would be days where um, I would be on my way to work and I just, as bad as it sounds, I guess, uh, trigger, trigger warning, um, I would just hope that I would get in a car accident. And yeah, that's, that's tough. Like, it's, it, it's really hard thinking about it now because I, I just want to go back to that time and just give myself a hug. Like, mm. it's, it's okay. It, it's going to be okay. So yeah, it's, I've, Right when I, I think I scheduled my first appointment to start testosterone, I also scheduled like an appointment with uh, my now therapist just to kind of talk, talk through some things about gender. Uh, and I've been going ever since and it's, it's been amazing. Like I, I definitely, well, I know therapy doesn't work for everybody, but it's definitely worked for me. Um, and I've learned so much about myself and how I deal with certain situations and learning how to uh, feel certain emotions and how to deal with that in the moment. And it's, yeah, I, my mental health has been like done a whole 180. Um, and it's amazing to be a part of that or watch myself, you know, uh, make so much progress. But yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't always great. I mean, yeah, like I said, there's days that I didn't want to get out of bed and yeah, it was, I wasn't really taking care of myself as much. I was going to work mostly because I knew I had to pay my rent. So I was like, well, I got to do this. And, um, I knew that my fiance was relying on me and uh, that's probably one of the, the biggest things that kind of kept me going is I I loved her, I love her now, but I, I knew I loved her so much then that I, I couldn't leave her and do that to her. So I just kind of kept fighting and I, I, even though it felt like sometimes I was drowning and I wasn't going to make it, um, it just kept swimming, so, yeah. Just kept swimming. Best analogy in the world. <laughs> wow, yeah, that is highly, highly relatable. Mental health is so... It's just such a scary place to be, especially when you, especially when you feel so disconnected from yourself, because it's like, I don't know, people talk about internalized homophobia a lot growing up, especially, like, you said your parents are really religious. What was communicated to you as a kid about like gender, about like men and women? Like what was what was talked about? Uh, gender roles and like what a man and what a woman is supposed to do was pretty much, yeah, just like put down my throat um, when I the first time when they found out because I didn't come out to them on my own terms uh, that I was uh, attracted to women when they found out they told me uh, basically I, I just needed to pray uh, and that would take these thoughts out of my head um, and I just pray and just keep on praying and going to church it'll it'll be okay and I 
eventually just kind of distanced myself because uh, my, my parents are divorced so I distanced myself from my dad because that's where a lot of it was coming from but mm-hmm. then on the other end with my mom it wasn't much better I mean she wasn't using religion as much to kind of justify um, being unsupportive but she was just kind of like you know I don't I think this is just a phase uh, and I mm-hmm. think the reason why she kind of said that not excusing it at all but is she was scared for what that might mean for me when I you know in the society where people if you're different it's not people are not going to be okay with it um but but yeah they they've definitely done you know they're a lot better now and uh really supportive especially my mom um but yeah back then it was like geez you know can I just can I get some parents please you know Mm -hmm. like yeah oh wow wow yeah I can imagine I grew up my parents were super religious too uh, especially my dad and so any kind of anything like that it was just it was so clear to me that from my parents perspective which as a kid we see that from my experience is like as truth it's like we're not looking for what's right or wrong we let them like teach us what's right or wrong and it's it was just like so hammered into my head like this is what makes a man a man and a woman a woman and like heterosexual marriage stuff and it just it it hammers in your head so much but then you knowing what you know about yourself you feel like you're so different and wrong and like it just made me spiral down this like self-hatred tunnel of absolute depression and so stories like that are just so so they feel really familiar to me and so I'm and that's why mm-hmm. I'm happy that you're you're doing this podcast and that I get to kind of talk with you because I think a lot of people feel that way but they just don't really have the language to um, get the help and support that they need so what has your experience been like I guess somewhat recently like since you started transitioning with like healthcare, like going to doctor's visits or going even like to get your surgery or Like, has it seemed like in your experience, they've been educated on how to give you the proper health care and give you the proper everything that you need? Um, I, I feel like I have been pretty lucky when it comes to like my providers uh, or my doctors. I where most of them, I guess beforehand, I do a lot of research to find out like, who should I go to that's local to me? Who, you know, where have they had good experiences? Where have people had bad experiences? So I, to kind of help prevent any bad situations, um, I did do a lot of research, but even then occasionally I've had, uh, like, I think I had to do an, a, a pre-op appointment for, uh, before I got top surgery and they asked me like, am I pregnant? And it's not, I know there are, you know, lots of trans folks and trans masculine folks who um, do actually end up carrying or, you know, giving birth, but I was just like, oh, I don't, I don't really want to talk about that. Like, mm-hmm. a, a lot of times, you know, I felt like I was passing, I guess. I felt like I looked um, like a man, or so to say, and so yeah, when I would get asked that, it'd just be kind of like, oh, okay, even though I know it's their job. Um, and I got mis actually misgendered when the nurse checked me in for my top surgery. So I was like, geez, you know. Oh my gosh. That's, seriously? <laughs> you have one job, lady. <laughs> 
that. And I was like, she literally knew exactly what I was. <laughs> this is what I'm doing. Yeah. So I'm like, are you kidding me? But, but yeah, I mean, other than that, I haven't had too much, um, too many negative experiences uh, with going to my doctors and having them be knowledgeable. Um, yeah. So not too bad. Mm, yeah. That's really smart doing research ahead of time and seeing like just what experiences different doctors have and and whatnot. That's really cool that you've been able to find such helpful clinicians to help you like along the way. Do you have anything that you wish was different about, I guess, the whole healthcare world when it comes to being trans? That's something you wish they did better at or some things you wish that they knew more, maybe were more educated in different places? Um, yeah, I, I do wish that more, it was more the norm to be educated on like, uh, trans, you know, trans life and what it means to be trans and, you know, dealing with patients who are trans and, uh, and I know it's a huge issue. I didn't have this experience, but I, I wish that there wasn't as much gatekeeping. Um, I know a lot of people who have been through that where the doctor, they're going to the doctor and telling them like, this is how I feel and this is what I think I need, uh, which is, you know, gender affirming care. And they kind of tell them, well, you know, let's, let's wait a little bit and, and see how you feel in like a month or two. And I just, Aww. yeah, and it's horrible. And I'm like, you know, as a, as a doctor, you, I feel like that's not, not your choice. Um, so no, that's I, so yeah, it is very, and I, I, I know I didn't go through that. Um, cause I went to an informed consent, uh, clinic, so they don't, uh, do any gatekeeping. They just kind of let you know what'll, what are the pros and cons, I guess, the, the risk with it. And then they let you make the decision, but a lot of places aren't like that. So, yeah. Okay. That's good to know and good to just be aware of, I guess, like taking that same question and putting it more so on just like your peers, like people you've gone to school with or work with. Is there something that you wish was just flat out understood by everybody about trans people? Uh, yes, that I, I would just want everyone to know that every just as much as every human is unique and different, it's the same with trans people uh, or people who you know have the are trans ex have the trans experience. Um, I might be one way, and I might feel you know comfortable with you doing this and calling me this and whatever. But the next person who also happens to be trans, they may not. They might not even want you to know that they're trans. Uh, so I just think not generalizing the community as a whole, which happens mm. quite a bit, um, that would probably be, yeah, that's kind of what I wish didn't happen as much. Yeah, I can, I can imagine. Wow. Okay, so, so you were, one of the blogs that I was reading, you were talking, or no, it wasn't a blog, I think it was a video, you were talking about your experience in public restrooms. What's that like? Uh, um, I... I, I still to this day I don't really I try and avoid public restrooms um, but you know of course there's sometimes where that isn't an option because uh, sometimes when you gotta go you gotta go uh, <laughs> so it's like I actually I pretty much dread it um, going in there I 
don't I, I personally don't use like a, a prosthetic to you know stand up and pee uh, so it's pretty nerve-wracking going into the stall and everybody else is just at the urinals and I'm in there and my feet are facing one way and I'm thinking like oh god like they're gonna hear me peeing and I know it's like no one cares if you're peeing or not but I I think it's scary it's pretty scary and sometimes I'm like maybe I should as gross as it is maybe I should you know just fart a little bit and make you don't think I'm, I'm doing something else and then no, it'll oh be okay God. please do that and then dm me and tell me <laughs> i'm like maybe i'll just let one slip and then it'll be more normal or something because i don't want anyone to hear uh that i'm just trying to take a pee but but yeah it's uh, it's definitely been a journey it's, it's gotten better most of the time when i do um have to use a public restroom I will usually have somebody with me uh, who can go in there with me or I'll try and find like a, a family restroom somewhere um, just so I don't have to <laughs> do all that whole that whole procedure um, yeah. but yeah it's definitely still tough and I don't I think it'll always be like that but hopefully it'll get easier and easier as you know time goes on mm-hmm. oh my gosh it's just it's just, it sucks to me that there's so many little things that I or someone else I know doesn't have to think or worry about. That's just like a basic part of life. Like going to the bathroom shouldn't be that complicated. And I hate that it is. Yeah, exactly. And some people it's like, I thankfully haven't gone through this, but I know like the statistics of people getting, um, I guess assaulted in the bathroom just because someone is like oh you're not supposed to be in here and that's actually mm -hmm. happened to me oh now yeah I take that back when before I uh, was passing you know most of the time and I still I guess looked like uh, to people I just looked like another woman um, sometimes I would use the women's restroom and I had one person who was like, uh, do you know this is the woman's restroom? I'm like, uh, yes, I do. And that was before I had top surgery and all that. So I like had to poke my chest out just so mm. I could use the bathroom and people wouldn't like think twice about it. So yeah, it's definitely been a journey. Um, and it's, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Oh my goodness. There's so many things wrong with all of that. It should just not have to be that way. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I'm like, this is, this is crazy. But I know, you know, that's one of the things that a lot of, a lot of trans folks have to go through. And especially uh, trans youth. It's like, I, I can't imagine what it'd be like if I was on this journey 10 years ago. Uh, I, my heart goes out to them and I just, I send them so much love because that is amazing and it takes a lot of courage even you know being my age but yeah as a as a child it's like man you you're pretty brave you're pretty brave oh wow yeah i remember the first time i i don't think i knew it was what it was called or anything but i was a kid and i saw um a kid on uh oprah who transitioned to being a male and I remember being a little kid being like, oh my gosh, that's possible. That's so cool. And all I could think of in my head was that's so cool. This kid gets to be what, what he is. And now that I think about it, that's terrifying as a kid. 
Oh my gosh! I've I've watched a few documentaries where it's talking about um, I think what was it called? I can't remember what it was called, but it was on HBO and it was a group of people who you know what it means and feels like to be trans and in the places that they live in and it was there was a, a a boy on there and he I think he started I guess almost always his whole life he's always known uh, that he was trans so that's how his mom would um, when she was like enrolling him in, in school and stuff she would you know obviously put on there the gender that aligns with him um, and people would give him a hard time like they when they found out he would have to like change schools and I was like oh, oh my wow. goodness yeah I can't imagine going through something like that like that's that's crazy so yeah yeah wow what what are I guess for, for the people listening, like whether they are wanting to learn more as allies or if there's anyone listening that is going through something similar, uh, do you have like resources you can suggest like books or you said you did like a ton of research and docs and all, all the things? What, what kind of places would you tell people to, to go look into? I would say, um, well, I guess I'll, I'll plug myself for a second. Um, yeah, I'm, start, I'm starting an organization or in the process of um, getting an organization up and running called Friends Like Me, which basically it's what I do on a normal day to day basis where people reach out to me who are, you know, are, are feeling very similar to how I felt uh, prior to coming out and just feeling like their body doesn't align with who they are inside. Um, and they kind of open up to me and just ask me, you know, how did I know? And usually I think from what I've heard, it does help, you know, talking to someone about it. Uh, so that's kind of what I'm hoping to do with this organization is just a bigger scale of that. Um, so that would be my first recommendation um but also yeah is reaching out to people because that's what's helped me a lot like I wasn't expecting necessarily a response but just talking to people or just typing out you know how I'm feeling then it definitely it helps a lot because it's like I don't know I guess it affirms what I'm feeling that my feelings are valid uh and sometimes when people do respond then you know usually they'll give you some advice or tell you like it's okay and you know this is normal and stuff like that so that's kind of what I did on reddit um just found people and messaged them like hey how did you know and just started a conversation like that so just don't be afraid to reach out to people even if you've never met them or you don't know them uh sometimes it can help uh, a lot especially if you find them in spaces that are um made for trans folks in the trans community so yeah that sounds very, very cool. Very, very cool. I think that's so cool that you're starting an organization like this because there's, there's just so much work we have to do as a society and a culture in so many ways, but so much in this particular category because oh, just thinking about all the things that I still have to learn and I still want to know I just know that I just think we could do a lot better. So I'm happy you're starting a program that's really helpful for that. Yeah, I mean, I and the biggest thing, I guess, what kind of inspired me to start sharing my story even um, and starting a blog and a YouTube channel and all that is when I started, uh, 
coming out to myself and even I guess a little bit before that when I was really really thinking about you know what it what my about gender identity and what that means for me um, I didn't know a lot of people of color who were you know open and sharing their experience uh, so I I was just like well maybe maybe this isn't normal you know maybe I shouldn't feel this way maybe this is just a phase like you know my my parents have told me in the past and it was hard because yeah when you don't you don't see yourself represented um with you know in the community it's hard to kind of step outside the box and be like you know someone who's different um and yeah so that was pretty tough so that's why i'm i'm trying my best to continue sharing and being open about my experiences because i know uh there's probably people going through the same thing um who just want someone who understands yeah yeah that representation piece is so important just like the idea of knowing that someone else that looks like me and it feels like me exists it's such a huge deal and you're saying you couldn't find many people of color who would trans to kind of look up to during that period at least um trans men uh i know like there's a uh, a lot of organizations that are um were started to support uh, the trans uh, trans women of color and you know trans women in general because that everyone knows you know that is they're dying people are killing them just because mm-hmm. they're being you know who they are uh, so then even though that's great I feel like sometimes that uh, people kind of forget or don't acknowledge as much uh, you know the trans masculine experience especially for communities of color um which there's a lot of things that we we probably need to talk about and focus more on but but yeah it's like when i was coming out i really didn't know anybody who was uh a trans man of color so it was pretty tough but but yeah yeah well that's very cool that you get to share your story and be open about it now so other other kids like you can or kids that or like you when you were a kid now can have can have you to look to. That's very awesome. Um, I have like two, possibly three more questions for you. Is that cool? <laughs> okay, my first one is what are ways that today, like post-surgery, post-coming out, all the things, uh, what are ways that you connect with your body like what are things that you do that really make you feel you uh i would say working out that's that's a a big one um just because my body is since i'm so early on in um my transition still even after a year there's so many changes that are still happening uh and it's crazy it's so crazy to watch you know my my actual facial structure has changed so much and it's it's different and i working out you know kind of just affirms me makes me feel affirmed even more um because i'm seeing all the muscle growth and uh the fat redistribution and it's that's probably the the number one thing um but other than that it's just a lot of times i'll make these kind of comparison photos of you know a year ago today versus now and that also helps a lot even if i don't necessarily share it with anyone except um my fiance then it, it just helps because i'm i look back and you know see how far i've come and just the journey uh that i've been on and continue to go on so those are probably the two things that that helped me mm-hmm. the most 
That's very cool. Um, okay, two more, two more questions. The last one, by the way, has nothing to do with anything. So just prepare yourself for that one. Um, but I kind of asked a version of this earlier, but just to like really, uh, I guess, make it clear to people listening, what are some things that people should definitely not say or do regarding someone who's trans and what are things that allies can do that are incredibly helpful? Yeah, so um, my biggest thing would be never assume, um, never assume, just I would always ask questions before you just make, uh, you know, a statement about somebody or ask them their pronouns and, uh, you know, make that more of a normal thing, even if you are, you aren't trans, um, just saying your pronouns even, and then kind of opening it up so other people can say theirs and what most aligns with who they are. Um, that's a big thing. And then also, I, in the trans community, there's sometimes people who feel like if you don't do, if you don't get top surgery, bottom surgery, if you're not on testosterone, then you're not trans. Uh, and that that is not okay in my eyes um, because everyone's journey is going to be different and there's no one way to be to be trans. So, um, yeah, just knowing that everyone's going to have a different experience and not saying, you know, you need to fit in this box, checking all these different things off uh, before you're allowed to be trans, not being trans enough, basically. Oh, so. gosh. Wow. Okay, well, that that's definitely good for people to hear and take notes of. Um, and you said the whole, the pronoun thing, I, so that that is helpful, like putting that like in your bios or just talking about it, even if you're not trans, that's a helpful thing. Yes, I, I found that very helpful. Um, okay, I, cool. And my email, uh, what is it called? Signature, I put my pronouns and I put them in my bios for stuff. And I just, even though most of the time I do pass as, you know, people assume he, him, um, I always try and say my pronouns in any public space or on social media and all that, uh, just to kind of normalize it even more. Because I know some people, uh, they get misgendered a lot and it it sucks i know what it feels like to get misgendered mm -hmm. so yeah i'm mm -hmm. just trying to normalize it and so other people if other people can do that as well then it won't be such an odd thing anymore okay very cool because i've noticed i've noticed a lot of my friends and different just different people around the internet start to do that recently and i thought it was really cool because it just makes it so like i don't know it's just a normal thing for everyone to do not just if you're trans just like I don't know. It just should be something that isn't questioned. Yes, exactly. And it's it's a very easy way to make sure everyone's included and you're not uh, making anyone feel like an outcast. Okay, so right, I lost you. Thank you, Internet. Loved that whole journey. Um, <laughs> were you finished answering my last question before I lost you? Do you remember? Yes, I think so. Okay, let's 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 just hope that that's the case and we'll go on to the last question. Okay, now this is the very very random one that has nothing to do with anything. Would you rather <laughs> be a bunny with all the same same personality? Every like you're you, your soul is you, but you are a bunny and you have to go throughout your life as a bunny. And people accept it. Like, they're a little thrown off, but they're like, all right, it's just Sarai chilling as a bunny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Or 
Would you rather every single time? Hmm. I'm trying to think of where I should go with this. <laughs> every single time you wanted to eat dessert, somebody, somebody in your city will grow a dandelion on their head. It will come out. But they'll be kind of freaked out for a second. <laughs> um, <laughs> huh. Well, I think I'm, I'm going to go with number two. Uh, the dandelion, yeah, me Yeah, <laughs> mostly because I don't eat a lot of dessert. So. Oh, okay. There you go, loophole. Yeah, so, lo- yeah, exactly, loophole. So, it too often, so I think I'd be okay with number two. Oh my gosh, I eat so much dessert, this whole city would be flooding with dandelions. <laughs> I'm like, what the heck? Dante said the same thing. She's like, oh, I couldn't choose number two. Oh my gosh. Oh, that's amazing. Dang, well, Sarai, this has been so much fun, and I've learned so much just from hearing your story and getting to, getting the chance to kind of pick your brain and ask all the questions, including the dandelion one. Um, learned a bit about myself and dessert there, but... <laughs> Yeah. Where I think you mentioned this earlier, but go ahead and, and do it again. Where can people find you? Social media, website, like where do you want to tell people to go? Yeah, you can find me on social media. Uh, my what is it called? At name is Black Trans Guy. So very descriptive. Um, yeah. But yeah, that's my at name. And then my um, website for my organization is friendslikeme.us or us. Uh, so mm-hmm. both of those is where you can reach me at. I'm pretty much, I'll reply to anyone and everyone. Um, so yeah, those are probably the best two. For sure. Well, thank you so much again. This has been a blast and I will see you randomly in Minnesota someday when I stop on by. Sounds, Sounds good. Thank you so much. <laughs> You're welcome. We'll see you later. All right. <laughs>